Welcome to Servium, Latin for I Will Serve, a new podcast series from the Diocese of Rapid City, exploring the vocation to the permanent diaconate. Join me as I visit with some of the deacons who are fulfilling the mission of Christ as servants, sharing their gifts in Western South Dakota. I'm your host, Karen Gibis, and I'm honored to introduce today's guest. It's double the fun as we welcome not one, but two deacon wives at the request of the deacons. Joining me today are Nancy Sass, the better half of Deacon Greg Sass, <laughs> and Teresa Thompson, wife of newly ordained Deacon Philip Thompson. Welcome, ladies. Thank you. Hello. I'm happy to be here. We have so much to talk about today, but I want to start with you, Teresa. Let's discuss the ordination. Let's set the stage for those who weren't at the ordination. Hundreds of faithful Catholics over 80 diocesan priests, deacons, and visiting clergy, and many friends and families joined together at the Cathedral of Our Lady of Perpetual Help to watch not only one, but seven, seven men be ordained to the diaconate. We had one transitional deacon and six permanent deacons ordained. Tell me, what was it like to have a front row seat watching your husband, Philip, be ordained to the diaconate? It was a complete honor to witness this ordination and to be part of it as a wife. I remember seeing as the clergy and the deacons were walking in, just the sheer volume of all of these wonderful men in our diocese. And when my husband finally was sitting after the procession, I whispered to him, I said, look at these men. This is what you are going to be joining into this community. So it was just a beautiful evening, uh, beautiful to witness that. I don't even know where to begin, really. The bishop, I loved his words when he said that our diocese had been praying for vocations and our prayers had been heard because we did have these seven men that were being ordained. And that really was impressive. It was just a testament that truly, when we pray to God, he will hear us. And then the litany, when the men laid prostrate before the altar, just that obedience that was being witnessed. And I was thinking, yeah, this is my husband who is exemplifying that obedience to God and the bishop and God's church. But it's also uh, an example of what we as people should be obedient to our Lord. And of course, the litany of the saints, this is my husband's favorite in a liturgy. And so I'm listening to all the saints, and as, as a Catholic, that tradition of our saints is one thing that I just truly love as well, just knowing these men and women who have come before us and set the example. And then just moving on into the actual ordination with the laying on of hands, just a beautiful, beautiful moment. And, and then afterwards, all the people, all of our parishioners, that came to, to celebrate with us. I can't thank them enough for their prayers leading up to this and our, their continued prayers. Nancy, you as an experienced deacon's wife, what was your experience at the ordination as you were there in support of the other new deacon's wives? For me, I guess, I help Greg with formation. And so we've walked with these deacons every step of the way. And I was like a proud mama because it's like I'm watching my kids graduate. 
That makes sense because you've been there with them and you've watched them grow not only in their faith but in their confidence mm -hmm. to, to step up and serve. So, Teresa, what was your reaction when Deacon Philip told you he was considering the diaconate? Well, we were approached in the parish and I believe Deacon Greg had contacted Philip in 2015. At the time, it, our family was just a little stretched thin. That it was not something that we were looking forward to go doing at that time. However, then I believe it was in 2017, Deacon Greg had announced that there was going to be an inquiry session at the parish. And Philip, remembering how Deacon Greg had reached out to him in 2015, decided that he wanted to go to this meeting. In the background, Deacon John Osnes and his wife Joni had approached me and said, you know, this is just a great thing to come and learn. You don't have to say yes to anything. And honestly, I felt like I was just doing them a favor for showing up and taking up room in a chair in that room. And anyway, we get there and Philip and I are sitting together and information was being given and Philip started raising his hand and asking questions. And I looked at him and I was thinking, oh, wow, you, you're really taking this seriously. Okay. But in my heart, I knew that Philip has a servant heart and it didn't surprise me that this is the way that he wanted to serve his church, our church. And I too have been serving within the church community for many years and know the importance of answering God's call to serve his people. So it didn't really take me by surprise, and I was okay with it. My heart was at peace. Nancy, what has your time been like as a deacon's wife? I really have enjoyed it. Greg got to baptize all but one of our grandkids, and he married both of our kids. And for me, that was like the pinnacle. I enjoy the camaraderie. I enjoy the people. And I enjoy the church. Teresa, your formation in the diaconate isn't just for the young, the man. It is also for the, the whole family and for the wife as well. What was your experience in formation, especially with having Nancy walk with you on that path? Well, having Nancy walk with <laughs> me on that path, that was phenomenal. I couldn't have asked for a better person. She's joy-filled and makes it fun. And I, I love to have fun. That might be a downfall of mine, or maybe that's what Deacon Greg Sass would say was a little disruptive in class. <laughs> However, um, the formation was phenomenal. And I was kind of thinking about how, for the past 50 years, the deacon formation in this diocese started out with the Jesuits. And in my knowledge, just knowing of Deacon Pat and Fran Coy, and then culminating into what Deacon Greg and Nancy Sass have brought to that formation process. And I just thought it was phenomenal and very thorough. And I think a couple of the aspects of formation that I really, really appreciate is how other deacon couples were brought into the formation right at the beginning to tell us their experience, their joys, as well as their trials. So their laughter and their tears through their process. So as I went through the process, I always reverted back to some of those stories, knowing that I had a lot of tears leading through this, as well as the laughter that Nancy and I shared. 
I loved learning about the different spiritualities. I loved learning about the history of the church and our prayers. But then I'm different that way. So for any other wife that's coming into it, they may not like it, but that's okay. That is okay. Because there were some wives who they didn't like that at all, but they just loved their husband enough that they would Mm -hmm. sit by their side. Yep. And that is one of the biggest things is the diocese does require that the wives accompany their husbands on this journey because the wife has to give permission to continue. And if the wife says no at any time, it's over. And so in order for those wives to give an informed, okay, let's continue, they have to know what they're saying yes to. And that's the biggest thing. And I think it's great that the wives need to accompany. And I think within the formation, you did a really good job in letting us know this is what your spouse is going to be doing. And as a wife, I had been a catechist and still am a catechist within the parish. And it's completely different. This ordination, being a deacon is completely different. So I knew I didn't have to do any of that. (laughs) I could just keep doing what I normally do to serve Mm -hmm. my parish. But... Some of the wives, they don't have to do anything. Again, it's just supporting their husband. Mm -hmm. And even within the formation, they could audit the classes. They didn't have to do the homework if they chose not to. But to learn the richness of our faith and what our husbands are going to be obedient to is just an honor. And I'm a stand behind and support person. I don't like being in front of people. I don't like running things. I like saying, I'll be back here if you need something, but I'm here to support. I think for me, one of my biggest fears is because I love to be, you know, center of attention. (laughs) And I think everybody would understand that, but being center of attention and just being in control and organizing, I prayed about that leading into it because I did not want to be a wife who did that and overshadowed her husband. And therefore... I came at peace that, nope, this is my husband, and my service then is to support him. And I am totally okay of not doing or being in center of attention. I just want to make sure that I'm doing God's will. You'll do fine. Yeah, as long as I have my community. (laughs) Nancy, as part of the formation team for these newly ordained deacons and their wives, What was your experience versus being in that formation as a deacon candidate's wife? Formation has completely changed. Greg and I went through it with the Jesuits leading it, and then they changed it partway through it for us, and then we changed it again before the last group started. And so for us, we didn't meet once a month. We did lay ministry And then once we were done with lay ministry, then we went on to three years of formation. I think the experience for them is better because it's more often. We would meet like three to four times a year when we did our formation stuff. And I can tell you that they are much improved as far as their homilies go. I told Greg his stunk when we first started, so... (laughs) So that experience brings wisdom to the table that Mm -hmm. Deacon Greg and you can offer the program, especially coming in to the experience with the Jesuits and your formation, but bringing into it a very good life practical 
application that maybe wasn't <laughs> there when you went through. Right. So now, how long have you been a deacon's wife? 10 years. So in that decade, you probably have a lot of wisdom and advice to share with Teresa and the other deacon's wives who are now starting off on this adventure. My biggest piece of advice is go with the flow because you have to be flexible. You don't know what God is calling you to do. And you might be going down one road and you have to do a U-turn and go another way. So just be flexible, but enjoy the experience. I value that. <laughs> I am kind of not a go with the flow type of person. I, know. I do like to have my calendar and everything organized. So I, I value that that advice. And I think that what that means is I'm going to have to really pray to God and rely on him through this whole process. When we started out, I had the biggest hole dug because I was an absolute no. And Greg kept asking because his spiritual director said, well, just ask again. Greg's like, you don't know her. The last time I asked, she told me, if you ask again, the answer's going to be no, and I'm never changing my mind. And so eventually it came the other way, and I have enjoyed every single minute of it. But I was not go-with-the-flow person when we started and had to turn everything over to God in order for Him to manage my time. Nancy, there's women out there listening to this episode whose husbands are discerning the diaconate, and they also feel that no, that that big (laughs) hole that might suck them in, what advice would you give them to overcome that no and to just be willing to serve alongside their husbands, serve Mother Church where she is calling them to be? Talk to your husband and just have that frank conversation as to why they want to do this and what they see their life path taking. Then just pray. Pray about it. Think about it. And... If they seriously have doubts, they can always get a hold of me and I can (laughs) talk. We had conversations like that in their formation where we would talk to all the wives, you know, how are you doing with this? And is this okay? Is it not okay? What deal, you know, things do you see going on at home? Yeah, I would agree with you on, uh, I valued those conversations that you and I had because I think as Teresa of Avila always says, is you need to watch out for the cracks in those castle walls. And those cracks in my castle were wanting to be a really good mom and a really good wife. And so that's where really the evil one was starting to attack me is when things were going sideways with our children or if I wasn't agreeing, uh, if my... If Philip and I were just not seeing eye to eye, I was starting to wonder if I was actually a good enough woman to follow my husband through this vocation. And it is very, very encouraging to hear all the other women who went through this experience. So I knew I wasn't alone, and I knew that these were attacks by the evil one. And although some days it took a little longer for Christ to... um my head to be turned towards Christ, I should say, and follow his way instead of the evil one's way. 
Teresa, Deacon Philip is going to be up there preaching in front of the whole parish. How do you think you're going to handle that? I could be really humorous on this one, (laughs) but I love my husband dearly, and I know that God has gifted him so many different gifts. And as a wife, I think it's my job to to direct him to those gifts and maybe to be forgiving in some of the mistakes that maybe he makes because I'm making tons of mistakes in this interview right now. So I hope people can (laughs) forgive me on that. But he has already exemplified that he really just wants to do his best. And so I don't think I'll be really critiquing, but I will be trying to gently offer some advice. I still time every one of Greg's homilies. Yeah, I might do Everyone. Yes. So what you're saying is as a deacon's <clears throat> wife, you're just going to continue to be the loving, supporting wife that you already are <laughs> with the extra graces from God. So no one out there listening should be worried about filling that void. God takes care of where our human limitations limit our abilities to practice patience or maybe not time the sermon. Well, correct. And Philip is not an extrovert by any means. And I think when he came into this, as well as a lot of the men who come forward, they may want to serve, but fear being in the public eye and at the altar or at the ambo speaking. And Philip has accomplished and overcome a lot of those fears. And I think it's a lot due to the formation that Deacon Greg and Nancy has provided I think that you sit there and you listen and you watch and you just feel this, your heart swell. But I think all of the guys have greatly matured and benefited and done, I mean, amazing. When Philip first started, he was so fast that you couldn't even hardly understand him because he was just rattling it off. And now he's slowed down, he's more relaxed. And I think that's the key is that through formation, they just get relaxed. I would agree. And I think the more he practices, the more his personality will come out because he's just got the best personality. (laughs) He's got the great one-liners. He's just has this impish charm. And sometimes I think his nerves keep him from revealing that. But, you know, I'm just always remembering how God equips the called, Mm -hmm. but does not call the equipped. And that's a testament to all of us. Nancy, do you have any final advice for Teresa or for a wife who is discerning the diaconate with their husband? Teresa, I would just say, enjoy the ride. You and Deacon Phil do not have to be joined at the hip for everything. Greg goes and does his things. I go and do mine. Some things we do together. Just enjoy it. I think what I'm really going to enjoy is sitting with the other wives at some of these Mm -hmm. masses because every woman that I have met, every deacon wife I have met has just been very caring and has been that spiritual mother to us. So I am looking forward to sitting in the pew next to you. We'll get in trouble. <laughs> we definitely will. <laughs> I think Bishop's got his eyes on me. <laughs> One of the pieces of advice that we were told at the very beginning is to tell and ask everyone that you know in your faith community and your family that you are discerning the diaconate and to pray for you. Mm-hmm. 
And boy, we did. We went to everybody. And we even went and asked our host family that we stayed with in Australia for World Youth Day. And we asked them for their prayers and they followed us on Facebook because we tried to just record this process on Facebook. So after the ordination, we did receive a message from Jenny and Glenn Rollins in Melbourne, Australia, and they had watched the ordination. Oh, awesome. And they were just so proud of Philip, Mm -hmm. and rightfully so. So everybody across the world was praying for our entire formation class. Nancy, thank you so much for your gift to this diocese and helping form the next group of diaconate <laughs> candidates. You're very welcome. Up, and for forming the deacons who were ordained and their wives as well. And thank you, Teresa, for your gift to the church and being that ever supportive better half. We'll say you're the better half too of that deacon couple. Well, I really appreciate this time. Thank you so much. If you feel God might be calling you to become a deacon or simply want more information about the permanent diaconate, please call me, Deacon Greg Sass, at the Diocese of Rapid City Chancery Office, 605-343-3541, extension 2228. 